0: Uh, I had my grandkids over the other day, and uh, invariably, they saw my shoes on the uh, floor, and uh, they went and, and put their feet in these big things. And uh, I remember my grandson saying, gee, grandpa, I feel, I feel like I can't even fall down in these things. They're so wide. They're so stable. And then I said, well, if you tried walking in them, you're not going to be able to walk very far. And sure enough, he wasn't able to. But the thing that he wanted to do was to uh, walk in my shoes. And I think our kids, a lot of times, they follow us and they want to walk in our shoes. But, you know, we understand and know that they, they have a path that they have to take that God has for them as well. And the way, best thing that we can do is help them walk the path with God. And so parenting is a wonderful uh, mission of teaching our children how to be (coughs) more dependent upon God, independent of us and more dependent on God, but we'll always have an influence in them. You know, Friday night we had a virtual high school graduation. It was a wonderful thing to see, uh, I wish we could have been there together all in person, but we did the best that we could with uh, coming together in a meeting. And it was a powerful time because uh, the fathers and the mothers were able to speak a word uh, to their children who were graduating. And I particularly remember one uh, father who spoke over his children and he said, more than anything, as they were going off to college, more than anything. I want you to find a good fellowship at college, he said, with good friends who follow Christ and help you grow in your faith. This is more important than anything. And I know he values good education and I know he values good grades, but the thing on his heart, the most important thing on his heart was that he wanted his children to have this relationship with God and to walk with him and with others on the path that God has for them. See, that's what he knew was most important, and that's really what the scripture teaches, that we have this uh, opportunity to walk with God in our lives and to be a part of his family. You know, it's amazing how quickly time flies by. Some of the graduates that were that were um, there actually, uh, I dedicated, we dedicated them as a church to the Lord when they were just infants. And how quickly time flies. You know, in the hallway of my home, uh, as I uh, walk through the hallway, we have a collage of pictures in our hallway. And there's these pictures that are um, kind of like this. You know, have you ever seen these? Back in the 70s, they were really popular, 70s 80s, before the digital stuff came out. And you cut these pictures you put them in a collage. And I remember all three of my children when they were very young. Uh, we had five. We had three children in five years, uh, from 78 to 83, and it was a whirlwind of activity <clears throat> of what you know we had in our house. You know, it seems like we were forever in diapers. Some of you, new families that have children at home, and you're always in diapers. You know what I'm talking about buying diapers and and changing diapers. But as a father of 28, I was 28 years old. And um, Lori, because we were away from our extended family, she pretty much took care of the kids all day long. And then at night when I would come back from work, and um, I would help her to put the kids to bed. And a lot of times I was very retired, but um, I felt like it was a responsibility that I, I needed to at least do. And so one of the, our routines was was kind of funny. We called it squish time. And so what would happen is after we, uh, I, we told a story or read a story and prayed, the kids would say, Daddy, it's squish time now. And so I said, okay, come on, on my back. And so I would put all three of my small children on my back and then their bedrooms were upstairs. So then I had to crawl up the stairs with three children on my back and they would all be hanging on laughing and ah, we're gonna fall. And then I would get up to the top of the stairs and I would, as a hunchback, I would come out and then I would stand up and they'd still be on my back and I would drop each one off at their bed, at different, at at their different beds and then I would come back around And then I would have our squish time when I would pray with them. And invariably at the end of that night, some nights, I would be tired and uh, one of the kids would yell, mommy, tell daddy to get up. He fell asleep on me again. And so that was uh, something that we would do. And it was a special time for each of my children. You know, I think back, I didn't do that every night. In fact, there were more nights than I missed than I did that, to be honest with you. But if I could go back in time, and I'm sure you would agree with me if you're older, if you could go back in time and take that time to be with your young children and pray over them and speak over them and be able to say to them how much you love them, I'm sure you would do that again. But you know, time is not uh, lost completely. We still have that ability to do that. We still have the ability to speak into our children's lives. And, and, and you just heard a little bit from the testimonies from younger uh, children to older, even men, the impact that parents have on their children and the impact that children have on their parents is tremendous. And you know, uh, what we can do is we can take the things that God has given us and we can pass those on to our children And acts of uh, service and love and words of affirmation. We need to do that. We need to do that with one another. And we need to do it more than just on Father's Day. It needs to be a part of our lifestyle. You know, we're living in a pandemic now and One of the key phrases is essential workers, and we honor our essential workers, and and we should, but you know, the, the most essential, some of the most essential people that we have are our parents, and especially our fathers. We're living in a fatherless age today, and we need to call fathers to be fathers, to be fathers that are involved with their children that are speaking into the lives of their children, that are walking in a way that they could see how to walk with God. And God calls us all to that. I remember when I was in Newark, we were ministering to three over 350 children and their families. It was an inner city neighborhood. And I could count on one hand, how many fathers were living in the home with their children and investing in them. The wonderful thing was that all all these fathers, they were all Christian men who loved God, followed God, and had made a commitment to their children and had invested in them, and it made a tremendous impact in their lives. The other thing that I noticed was that the children that had grew up without fathers, when they came to Jesus Christ and they came to know God as their father and really had the Holy Spirit enter into their lives and change them and transform them. They had the ability then to become a father. And I still hear from many of them who are now investing in their children and who are building families that they love one another and they're speaking words of affirmation and love and the word of God to their children now. You see, God designed us this way to be able to pass on faith to our children. He just doesn't want us to say, hey, just roll the dice and whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. No, he wants us to live a life of faith and to pass that on to them. But how do you do that? Personally, with me, my own father, he was not a strong Christian man when when I was uh, growing up. I mean, we occasionally went to church, and he occasionally went to church. But some of the things that I remember about him, he struggled with. He had weaknesses. He was an alcoholic. He had problems with uh, sarcasm and um, criticalness. And some of those things that came out in my life, I remember, they wounded me. But he was a good worker, he was a good provider, he worked very hard and I always appreciated that about him or came to appreciate that about him as I look back on life. And he did the best as he could. He wasn't the perfect father, but he remained in the family and he did the best as he could. But I knew when I became, uh, when I became uh, married to my wife, Lori, and I started a family, I knew I needed to do better. I knew I needed to change. I couldn't repeat the patterns that I grew up with. There had to be a change. And so I asked the Lord, what, Lord, how can I be a father that speaks into my children's lives? And then I came to these passages in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, that talks about being a father and following the example of our Heavenly Father. That's one of the great tools that we have is that God brings us into his family, becomes a wonderful father to us, and teaches us then how to be a father to our children and how to be a people that love one another. Even if you're not a father, the example that God gives us as a father is wonderful, and we can pass that on. So Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says this. says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You know that word, follow God's example. In some translations, it's imitate. The Greek word actually means mimic. It actually, we get the word mimic from it, and it is such a close, we are supposed to follow God's example in such a way that we can mimic his love. But he does it in such a way that he places his Holy Spirit in us so that we're not just outwardly behaving, we're inwardly changed and transformed as dearly loved children, and then we walk in the way of love. And how do we do this? We do it just as Christ did, as he gave himself up as a fragrant offering. When I think about a fragrant, fragrant offering, I think about the barbecue I'm going to have today. Boy, it's going to smell good, right? And I think about fatherhood. What, was, what is the atmosphere that we create in our families? Is it a loving atmosphere that is sweet and pleasing to God? That's what the Lord wants in our families. And we can be a part of making that that way, making it smell great, is by being people that love God and walk the path of the Father, our Heavenly Father. And as we walk that path in our sacrifice, uh, you know, God calls us also to be living sacrifices, to be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So he wants us to break the patterns that are negative in our life, and walk in the newness that he has for us in the power of the holy spirit there's no better way to be a good father than to walk in the way of love and so uh, you know i don't have time to go through all of the scriptures that talk about parenting but what i will tell you is this that um, more is caught than is taught meaning that i i don't believe that It's just a lecture or words that are going to convince your children to follow after God and follow the path that you're following, the way that you love God. Even as you heard those testimony, it wasn't so much what was said. It was what was lived before their children that impacted them. And so I I encourage you to live a life of faith because it has an impact on all people around you. Whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult or single or married, have children or don't have children, are grown or older, your life has an impact on people and it will have an impact from now until even after you die. God has you here for a special reason and a special purpose and your life can impact others. So more is caught than is taught, meaning, meaning more is seen in how you live your life than even so much more than what you say. There's another verse in scripture. When I thought about becoming a father and breaking the old patterns that I had that were that I had learned growing up before I came to Christ, there had to be something different. And I had to break some sinful family patterns that I talked about before and mentioned about my father and his influence on me. But it says in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. We're going to look at these, these uh verses one at a time. I'm taking it from the message Bible because it says it in a different way, it says it in a way that's very relatable to our language today. It says, watch the way you talk. Have you ever watched the way? That you talk? I hope we all do that. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. The Bible says the power of the tongue, in the power of the tongue, is life and death, meaning you can speak life into people or you can speak the negative into people. And God wants us to speak words that are like a gift that we give to people. So he does want us to speak and act in such a way that it's a gift that encourages others. The next verse, that says this, it says, don't grieve God, don't break his heart, his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. You know, as we open our lives to God, and receive him, repent of our sin, and ask Christ to come into our lives, the Holy Spirit, God himself, the person of the Holy Spirit, enters into our life. And his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we become children of God, but he wants to do more than that. He wants us to teach us. He wants to teach us how to walk the way of love. He wants to teach us how to walk in such a way that impacts people, in a powerful and a positive way, and only he can do that, and he does it by transforming us, by letting us walk with him, let us, letting us, teaching us how to walk with God in such a way that we leave a clear path for our children to follow. His Holy Spirit is moving and breathing in you. You ever thought about that? It's the most important, intimate part of your life. It's the most intimately that it's the most intimate that god can be with you is to live in you and he does that in our lives through the power of the holy spirit but what can grieve god it can grieve god when we go back and do things in our own way walk our own path take our own course and say god i don't know if i i want to follow you anymore god calls us to follow him and in following him It's the very best life that we can have. And so verse 31 and 32 says this, Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Think about that. Think about these verses when we drive our car when we are are with our children around the dinner table or they overhear us talking about someone or something in a negative way. It impacts them. Think about that if you're a young person. Your words and what you say and what you do has an impact on other people and about the faith that you have and you can have such a powerful impact not only on your friends, but also on your parents, the way that you live your life. I'm so glad that my father finally came to Christ at the end of his life, made a fuller commitment to Christ, began to read the Bible daily, and his life was transformed and changed the last seven years of his life. But God wants to do that in our lives now. He wants to work in us, to change us, and to help us be a change agent in what we do and what we say and how we think. And so let's be gentle with one another. Let's be sensitive. You know, I was picturing my little daughter when she was just about three or four years old. She would take my face. She'd put them at my hand. And if I would be staring at something else she would. and she wanted to get my attention, she'd, she'd turn my head towards her like that and say, Daddy, talk to me. You know, sometimes we need to take the time to talk with one another. We need to take the time to just speak into one another's lives, what we really feel, how we really love. It's sometimes hard for men to do that. But I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have the words. You can speak prophetically into your children's lives. You can speak a word that gives them hope, security, a sense of belonging, a sense of significance. God wants you to speak into their lives in a way that says, yes, you have what it takes to be a man or woman of God. You have what it takes to fulfill your destiny with what God wants you to do. Because God's love and his power and his Holy Spirit is at work in your life. So today, I want to encourage you, live a life of love and forgiveness. Walk that path. Walk the Father's path, the Heavenly Father's path. And as you walk that path, you'll be amazed at the impact that you can have on people, co-workers, friends, family, but most of all, your children. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for the message today, Lord. We thank you for your word to us to walk in your way, to walk in the way that you have called us, to walk in the way of love. And so, Lord, I ask today that you will bless the families that are gathered together with their children, and even those that cannot be gathered or uh, because of this pandemic, Lord, I pray that just talking on the phone, speaking to one another, that they'll remember, Lord, that those relationships are most important and are precious and are not to be taken for granted. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to bless one another throughout this week, to speak a word of encouragement, to speak prophetically into each other's lives, to pray for one another and to use us to build up one another so that we can walk on your path that you've given us to walk. We pray this all in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.